African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the right to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. You're listening to African Dialogue. I know that you must know from now that we come to you every Monday to Thursday at 11 o'clock Central African time. Thank you for joining us on the frequency 9625 kilohertz on the 31 meter band to Southern Africa on DSTV on Channel 802 on the audio bouquet. And also you can stream us on www.channelafrica.co.za. Well, today we're going live and crossing over to the Women in Agribusiness Summit, which is currently underway in Durban, South Africa. It has been deliberating, deliberating rather, on efforts to support for the preferential entry and participation for women in gainful and attractive agribusiness opportunities. This conference is designed to build on the outcomes of previous conferences in order to facilitate organized entrepreneurship for women in the sector. It also geared to to, to contributing in capacity building and uh, also facilitating supportive systems uh, to actually ensure women are actually uh, maintained and uh, really heightened in uh, the space of women agro entrepreneurship. Now to assist us on this, we joined on the line by Edna Kalima, who is the Program Officer of Gender Climate Change Agriculture Support at NAPAD and also also on the line will be joined by other guests who are a part of this uh, gathering. Edna, thank you for joining us on the line. Thank you. Now, this is the third summit of this kind. Uh, tell us a little bit about what makes the third summit different from the previous two. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, this one is really a different one because we are now looking at the practical state um, of helping these women summons in their agribusiness endeavors. Um, the other previous ones, the last two sessions that we had in terms of the conferences in 2014 and 2015 were actually engaging the women summons to just come together and share ideas, share best practices on agribusiness ideas. But this one, we really wanted them to start engaging in, in, the, in a practical way so that at the end of the day when they go back, they are able to utilize the knowledge they have been gaining in all the three, uh, in all the two uh, previous conferences. I want a clarification in terms of what we're talking about when we're speaking about agribusiness because some people uh, really know the term in itself and sometimes it can be misconstrued to just believing that it's all just about farming. But I'm sure there's more to agribusiness than what meets the eye. Yeah. So you'd like me to talk about agribusiness? Yes, please. Okay. Um, basically, we find that uh, so many women or so many people are into production. 
But when we are talking about the agribusiness aspect, we are looking at the value chain. That means from production actually to the point where the the food is packaged, repackaged, to be sold as a product. So it's from production to marketing. So you actually find that the role of a woman along the value chain is actually limited, mostly to primary production, and sometimes it's small-scale marketing of the project. But this agribusiness uh, conference is there to help, and it is actually something that is bringing great opportunity of the women so that to the women, so that they move from just the role of being a producer or a small-scale marketer to that place where they can actually benefit from the economy and so enhance their economic growth. Well, let me bring in uh, Professor Peter Ewang, who's joining us uh, on the line. Uh, thank you, Professor, for giving us your time. And uh, I'm sure that uh, when we look at uh, agribusiness in itself, we know on the African continent it is really much dominated by women. But when you look at the business side of it, it seems to also see new dynamics whereby men, men seem to dominate in that particular sphere in itself. But just as highlighted by Edna, we need to make sure that uh, a woman understand the full value chain of agriculture and are not just sticking to the first phase, which is just about farming. Yes, uh, thank you very much for having me on your, on your program. Uh, just to add to what Edna just said, See the 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 I don't I, I I want I want to I'm using this word carefully to discriminate the discriminatory environment mm. where women operate is is one of the things that must be addressed by government and by uh, uh, civil society uh, and NGOs mm. because. Uh, it, we were talk- this like, this conference we just ended was very very interesting and I I could hear Edna giving you a brief. The 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 it there was a presenter who said ninety five percent of the of the of the ninety five percent of women are engaged in production, mm-hmm. which is which production is easier. Uh, and five percent and the five percent is as much as it goes through post service. So I think the issue of recognizing women's importance in the, in the continental economy in, 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 in countries, individual countries, and the, 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 the continental economy is something that we cannot, uh, we cannot, uh, we cannot under, under, underestimate. Sure. Consequently, policies, government policies must, must be addressed, must be, must, must be, must be, Clearly specific to, to, to deal with the, the issues of women in agribusiness. As Edna said, agribusiness is a process. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very critical process because it's from production to market. And within that process, agribusiness fits into, you, you, you can do, you can be, uh, you, can, you can be in the, in, the, in the process or in the chain of just washing and cleaning your products for, for market. That's all you want to do. You, you add a little bit of value. So but the, the point of uh, policy addressing women 
paying attention to women is very critical. Mm. Well, I'm also interested in that idea, you know, Professor Wang, what you highlighted, and uh, uh, that statistic is alarming, the fact that uh, only 90% or so of women are just uh, uh, producers, but they don't participate in uh, the other phases of agribusiness in terms of looking at the entire value chain from a business perspective. Coming back to you, Edna, the theme of this conference is about women in agribusiness practical steps into entrepreneurship. I think there needs to be a mind shift in terms of uh, the views and the ways that we actually partake in agribusiness. How do we start and where do we start with that particular mind shift? Okay, thank you very much. Um, the fact that we are bringing together the women from a continental level that is a very good point, a very good place where we can start bring about the women, to bring them together. They share ideas, they share best practices. So in this case, I, I would think that knowledge is power. The women need to know through these uh, platforms that we, we are having as the method agency. The women, are, the women are equipped with the knowledge, with the information of what they are because uh, looking at it, uh, it's not just them coming on board, mm. but we start from the discussions at the policy level, where decisions are being made, where recommendations are being made of what we need to assist the women with. We all agree that the, the women are really agents of change. And when we impact them with knowledge and the resources that are needed for them to bring about that change, that change will come. So looking at this continental um, agribusiness forum, so they will benefit from understanding what is there at the policy level, what is there even regarding the trainings that they have been equipped with. Like in this conference, they have been equipped with uh, various uh, trainings. So, and apart from that, they share their experiences. So bringing all that together, the women are good to go and ensuring that we encourage our government to support them. And uh, one of the outcomes where the women were discussing to actually even uh, bring themselves together mm, uh, and decide and put their resources together to work on these things. So much as we are waiting for governments to assist, but the women can also do it together as women. So. Basically, that is where we start, equipping them with all that we need to equip them with so that they, they are ready to move on. Well, I'm going to take a, a quick break and then we'll bring in uh, Yolisa Gumete, who is uh, a, a female farmer. She's a marketing executive at Company Estates. We'll bring her into this conversation. It started on a very interesting note and uh, what I can gather from both Edna Kalima from NAPED and Professor uh, Peter Wang, who's a consultant, is the fact that we're still lagging behind in actually changing uh, the trends whereby women are not just uh, uh, producers, but they enter into other uh, parts of the value chain in agriculture. Well, we'll deal with this after our break. You're listening to African Dialogue. Uh, you with me, Benjamin Mushatama. We're crossing over to the Women in Agribusiness Summit, which has been taking place in Durban, South Africa. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back. 
Channel Africa has good news for you. We have extended our reach. If you have an iPad or iPhone, download the Channel Africa iOS app at itunes.apple.com. If you have a cell phone, then get our Android app at Google Store. Get the latest news from Africa. Get the Channel Africa app. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. This is Channel Africa, South Africa's official international public radio station on shortwave, internet and satellite. From an African perspective. Guess what? You can now listen to Channel Africa using Silozi, Chinyanja, Kiswahili, Portuguese, French and English, giving you an African perspective. Hi, my name is Tandalunyenzovo and you are listening to Channel Africa. We are Channel Africa from an African perspective. Channel Africa, bringing you the African perspective. Well, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa, where we do give you an African perspective. Uh, today, we're trying to figure out what's happening at uh, the third conference in uh, a woman in agribusiness that was taking place in uh, Durban, which is part of the yearly NAPED program. On the line, we've got Edna Kalima, the program officer, Gender Climate Change Agriculture Support at NAPED. Yolisa Komete is the marketing executive at Kapani Estates, who's just joining us now, and Professor Peter Wang also started the program with us. Uh, he's a consultant and has been a presenter at uh, this uh, particular summit. Yolisa, thank you for giving us your time. Tell us a little bit about Capani uh, uh, Estates. I hope I'm pronouncing it properly. Yes, you are absolutely You're pronouncing it properly and thank you for having me. Good day to you, to your listeners and to the fellow panelists who are in the studio. Um, Chapin Estates is a strawberry farm based in uh, Balito in KZN, and um, it was established in 2013, and we grow predominantly strawberries uh, for uh, commercial uh, markets, and uh, we started off with uh, just four hectares of strawberries. We now have doubled our production to eight and a half hectares, and um, yeah, we've, we're growing strawberries in a region that was really growing uh, predominantly sugarcane. So there were a lot of um, eyebrows raised as to why strawberries in this region, <laughs> but um, backed up with a lot of research before we put the first plant on the ground. We uh, really are, have been growing from strength to strength, and we have uh, proven that uh, strawberries can grow in this region, and we absolutely, absolutely love what we do. Yulisa, before I go to both Edna and Professor Ewang, I want to just pick your brain a little bit in terms of what got you into agriculture. And uh, as a, a farmer, uh, as a female farmer specifically, uh, why did you decide to actually look at a niche form of uh, a farming such as strawberry farming? Mm-hmm. You know, I have always been an entrepreneur. And... Um, I have had businesses in uh, many industries, and um, you know, farming came really from a business angle. Being a business person, you know, um, it came really when I looked at the, the property in this area. Um, where we are was a, it was a sleepy uh, little town that had great potential. That is on the coastline. That was a beautiful uh, a seaside uh, town. 
and it started growing. There started to be a lot of interest in this town, a lot of mm. money poured into it, and that really piqued uh, my interest. Um, and I looked at what you can call the McDonald's model and said, if I if I got a commercial property in this area, what then? You know, what would we do with this commercial property? But you know, uh, you know, knowing that a business can be in the in the in the commercial space of property, and then sell something else. That's why that's why I use the McDonald's model. So we looked at the, the the property and said, what can we do on it that will bring us revenue if we acquire the land and also the proximity to the airport. We knew that whatever we do, it had to fly through the airport, the airport of Kinshasa International, because it's 15 minutes away. Mm. Then the research began, um, mm. and. The research really <clears throat> uh, uh, honed out on strawberries. So, if the research had said this property would be what well, was going to be ideal for mushrooms or wine mm-hmm. or you know flowers, then today we will be talking about that crop. But it's mm. really farming here was a, as a result of research. Firstly, as a result of you know a, a dream of an entrepreneur, and then secondly, as a result of research. Well. You know, that's interesting that you highlight that, Yulisa, because we started the program with Edna and Professor Wang highlighting a very worrying uh, fact, the fact that women um, farmers are only at a stage whereby they mainly produce a large percentage of them on the African continent. It's very rare that they move to the later stages where they become administrative and also have that business acumen that you've highlighted yourself. Well, you have a unique story that you started as an, an entrepreneur and your entrepreneurship led you to farming. But as someone who's now being involved as a woman in farming, where do you think the challenges are in making sure that women don't just stick to that one phase of just being producers of uh, goods? Yeah, I think, you know, it, it does really continue to be a challenge. I think there has been um, small steps towards uh, change and uh, the governments, the different governments which we operate in and different really uh, organizations do make an effort to make sure that there is a, a change in the landscape that women operate in, in farming, uh, albeit small changes. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I think it's important for any business, um, especially a, a, a farming uh, enterprise, especially where it, you know, farming is an, is an environment that has predominantly been, uh, you know, male-dominated. And when a female comes into it, there's usually a lot of um, question marks and they've got to work twice as hard, you know, to prove themselves. So it's quite important, at least from in, in my um, background, is that to be a business first before you are a farmer. So I've always said that we are a business before we are we are a business that is in farming. We're not a farmer that is in business. You know, we are a business that is in farming. And I think mm. that distin- you know, distinction has got to be quite important. And it's been something that uh, when we operate, when we started the business, it's something that's been really what we operate mm. from. And therefore, it's been able to commercialize this business. Because mm. if you are mm. in farming, but you're not, you know, uh, you, 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 know you, you lack the or you do not focus on the business side of it, mm-hmm. it, it will remain really non-commercial. Well, and, let, um, let me go you know, to... When we look so, at the, 
carry Sorry, on, Elisa. Give your final point, and then I'll move on to Edna after yes, you. Yes, I was saying with, and I think also the choice of crop is very important. You know, um, especially in, in in Africa, if I may just make that uh, maybe observation, is that we seem to be, you know, take a, um, a direction where everybody. Is, is taking. If we see somebody growing one uh, particular crop or into one particular livestock, you know, we, we have a, a sea of, same, of sameness and then we want to follow that same trend. But it, it, it's very important to be unique. It's very important to look at a crop that is, or, uh, or livestock that is, you know, in demand and what, what are the, the customers seeking out there? Is it something that, you know, is going to make a business case? Because if you start off with the mentality that you are business first, those are the questions that you will ask and those are the things that you will seek to see where is the demand, where is it difficult to grow, where, is, where are the high barriers to entry, and therefore those are the spaces that as a business person you will focus on. Mm. Let me move to you, Edna, because Yoli says highlighting various factors. And I think uh, it, it is dynamic from the point where she's coming from because she comes from a, a stream where she was an entrepreneur and went into uh, farming itself. But sometimes it's the other way around. And what she's highlighting there is something very important whereby there needs to be a development of strong business acumen uh, uh, for women in the agricultural sector. Upskilling is essential in this environment. What can be done to ensure that women don't only stick to the day-in and day-out activities on the farm, but also find themselves at a space where they are upgrading themselves in, 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 uh, in a business administrative manner? Edna, are you there with me? I don't think I've got Edna there. I'm not quite sure if she can hear me. Let me see if I can move to you, Professor Peter Ewang. Are you there with me? I'm here. Fantastic. I just wanted to get your point, maybe move it, that question that I wanted to bring to Edna. How do we actually make sure that women don't stay in the day-in and day-out activities, but they develop that strong business acumen, as was highlighted by Yoli Sade? Thank you very much. I, 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 I must say that... Uh, the, when we look at the African, the African women in agribusiness, uh, public policy, capacity building issues, clinic issues, mm. they, they, earlier you spoke about mind shift. Mm. There is a strategic need for a total mind shift within, within the continent, including government CBOs, NGOs, and things like this, because women in agriculture or women in agribusiness are not, uh, are not, uh, they should not be treated like a by the way. Mm. That whenever we want to, we want to have a, a conversation, we, we just include them there. They must be part and parcel of the, 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 the agricultural development uh, value chain. Mm. And in, in, in that same light, which means if, they, if, we, if, we, are, if we recognize in Africa, that agriculture is an economic driver in all in our countries. We must be very sure that we create an enabling environment. Take, take, take like my sister who is, who is producing strawberries. She needs an, a very strong enabling environment for her to get, for her cash flow to allow, us to, to allow her to do what she does. It's, it's a wonderful project. I have visited it. Now, so the, 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 the issue of agribusiness for, for African women must not, 
and should not be looked upon as a, a by the way, no, they will produce and will deal. So we have to deliberately make policy decisions with strong uh, 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 women with to address issues of access to credit, capacity building, more critically, extension systems. The continental extension systems must be changed, must be must be revamped mm. to address women in agriculture. What do you uh, mean by extension systems? I've never heard that phrase before, Professor Wang. Can you well, elaborate ext- on it? Yes, extension systems are extension is not just carrying information from, from research to 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 farmers. Mm. Farmers have a, a, a variety of activities that they do, which are part of the systems. If you look at the agribusiness, agribusiness starts from production through the value chain up to market. Within 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 that value chain of uh, process, the the requirements for each of these variables are different. Extension agents must be able to know, to understand this particular, particular uh, each individual aspect for them to provide the advice that the women need in terms of, uh, in terms of production, in terms of uh, uh, value-adding processes. Mm. You know, that's very interesting that you highlight that and uh, because it comes back to the issue of are we finding the right uh, support mechanisms to actually make sure that women are empowered? We know that historically, um, Edna, uh, we saw in our history whereby on the African continent there was a huge, huge reliance in the past of cooperatives and how they were helping from a community perspective. Cooperatives are slowly dying out and they were a very good uh, community uh, financial uh, space whereby there was enough support for for communities in their agricultural pursuits. Do you think that's something that we should be re-looking at, Edna, in our agriculture space on the continent? Yes. Edna um, back. Okay. okay. Yes, Edna is back. Yes. Yes. Regarding cooperatives, this, of course, you may indicate that they are dying out, but what I also notice is that in other countries, for example, like Rwanda, where we have had a study there through the GCAS program, we realize that cooperatives are being maintained and we also as the agency encourage the uh, strengthening and the developing of partnership platforms where people across the board those who are in this area of agribusiness can come together and work out things together so the idea of cooperatives the idea of extension services the idea of platforms all those are tools that can enable farmers or the agribusiness women basically to learn and get more information and deal with the issue at hand. So I would actually say that it is important to ensure that we maintain these things, we work as teams, we work in partnerships and support one another. That's what I can actually say. 
Mm. Well, I'm going to take a quick break, can and I, then can I ask? Can I can I add something in, on the issue of cooperatives? Um, can I can I just take a quick break, Professor Wang, and then I'll I'll let you be okay. the first person to speak after the break okay. that we're going to okay. take. Okay. All right. Let's take a quick one. We'll be back. Good news for listeners in America. You can now listen to Channel Africa by phoning six zero five four four seven. One seven double one. So, if you're a Channel Africa listener in America, simply dial six zero five four seven one seven double one. Channel Africa, giving you the African perspective. Well, today we are getting into the conversation that was taking place at the Women in Agribusiness Summit, which took place in Durban, South Africa, where there was a huge deliberation on efforts to support uh, entry and uh, participation for women in agribusiness opportunities. Joining us on the line, we've got Edna Kalima uh, from NAPED. She's the program officer in the Gender Climate Change Agriculture Support Department there. We've got an interesting Entrepreneur and uh, farmer Yolisa Kumete, who is uh, the marketing executive at Kapani Estates, which uh, uh, focuses on uh, the production of strawberries. And Professor Peter Ewang is a consultant uh, joining us on the line. Uh, Professor Ewang, you wanted to highlight the issue of cooperatives? Yes, thank you. Uh, cooperatives are strategic tools for economic development. And you, you said in your you said briefly about uh, cooperatives failing in uh, in, uh, in the continent. There are countries where cooperatives are, is like a bad name, but you know co- cooperatives are tools that must not be directed by non-beneficiaries to say to form to, to form a cooperative. If you are forced to form a cooperative. For whatever reason you are forming, you are making them to form that cooperative. When that thing does not work, the cooperative will die. So we must encourage similar thinking, similar operational uh, uh, agro business and agricultural producers to form cooperatives. Because not only on the economy of scale, it also allows them to exchange uh, uh, knowledge from what they get from from the outside. So cooperative is is actually a critical it's a critical tool mm-hmm. to expand to, to expand agriculture in, in the country. Well, coming back to you, Yolisa, I want to bring you back, especially since we're dealing on these issues that are more structural. But I want to come back to to the woman issue where resourcing women with land and also making sure that uh, they actually are resourced to deal with the challenges in times where climate change is a big topic. And also we're seeing the need for technological upgrading. Do you think enough has been done for female farmers in this regard to make sure that they actually are dealing with uh, uh, the current trends of uh, the challenges we're seeing in, in the uh, space of farming today? Uh, thank you. Yes, I, I think that not enough has been done. Um, there certainly is room to do more, you know, with especially with climate change. As, as farmers and as female farmers, we up against probably the strongest uh, uh, a female, which is Mother Nature, mm. you know, and 
she wins um, all the time, you know, and she is really merciless. Um, she does what she wants to do all the time. So as female farmers, we need to also be quite well equipped to ensure that, um, you know, we deal with uh, the, the climate change that we face. I mean, just recently here in KZN, we've had days and days of uh, endless rain, which we certainly welcome rain because there is a drought, but also when it wreaks havoc, um, it does become uh, quite difficult for farmers uh, such as ourselves. We have tunnels on our farms, they get washed away. So, you know, and technology is also another avenue where it's certainly, you would think that globally there is technology in every industry and also in, in, in farms all over the world. But in Africa, for female farmers, it's still a space where that is quite um, inaccessible. You know, there is still technologies that are used um, overseas where as female farmers, we certainly don't have uh, access to. You know, and it's, uh, it, it can be disheartening, but um, I think that there, there are strides that are being taken by you know, different organizations, you know, NEPED putting together female farmers in, in one group to have these dialogues and to see and to have access. I mean, just yesterday we had a presentation for ITC, you know, how you can use that in your in your business. So there certainly is, um, uh, you know, efforts and interventions by, by organizations. We have the DTI here in South Africa, which traded in, in, in trade and uh, and industry that certainly does make an effort to to bring certain technologies and to bring certain access to to various resources um, but I also think that there is certainly room to do to do more it's only a drop in the ocean really that has been done and organizations continue to do more and you know female farmers continue to grow as well and as that uh, gap between growth and resources uh, widens um, it, it certainly is. There's a need to do to, to do more. Mm. Edna, your thoughts there on uh, the issue of uh, resourcing? I know also it's not just about technology. Sometimes it's about land. I've been told that uh, uh, there's an example where in Mozambique in in the past where Zimbabwean farmers were given land as long as they were training their neighbouring farmers. Um, should we be doing more to make sure that there's also a good allocation of land to to women themselves? Okay, I've lost Edna once again. Professor Ewang, I don't know if you heard that question, but uh, if you did, uh, you can respond to it. I, I, I got parts, parts of it. Can you just throw it back again? Well, I was just asking in terms of, uh, I know Yolisa uh, uh, was really emphasizing the need for capacity in terms of dealing with climate change and also making Correct. sure that uh, uh, there is enough done to resource women in the technological space. But also another challenge can be uh, the land issue, making sure that there, there is enough provision for land, especially for women farmers. No, true. One, climate change is real. Uh, providing land for women farmers is one of the limiting factors within the agribusiness agro, agro uh, sector in, uh, in, uh, in the continent because land is, is a high-value crop, a high-value property which allows, women, which allows women to get credit from banks. You know the commercial banks don't always ask you for collateral. 
Mm. Now, if the, the question would be, is, does, is, are you the owner of the land? The, question, the answer would, in most cases is no. And then she, she would not get that, uh, that, uh, uh, that, that credit she's asking for. Another critical issue in terms of technology, as I said, climate change is real in the continent and all over the world. But we have to look at the, the, the system, with climate smart agriculture, uh, uh, CSA or conservation agriculture. Those are, those are not new technologies. But they are, te- they are, they are technologies that if we build capacity, if we build strong capacity amongst, among the, the women producers, we would, uh, we would slowly but surely address the climate change issue. I must say land, land continues to be a problem in the continent in terms of uh, who, who owns what. And, uh, so public policy has to, be, has to address the land issue. Public policy has to address the land issue. To, to, mm-hmm. to make sure that uh, uh, there is security of tenure, to make sure with this security of tenure you can have credit. Because without credit, I'm, I'm sure my sister would, would, would stop there if she would, she, she can tell us about uh, uh, the, credit, the credit hustle they went through to, to where they are today. Mm. Yolisa, let's get that final sentiment from you, just in terms of acquiring land. What were the challenges that you went through, and what do you think we still need to refine? I've got only uh, two minutes left, so let's just keep it brief there. Sure. Um, acquiring land, you know, we bought um, this land in, uh, you know, privately. Uh, there was no assistance really from uh, from any organization for us to acquire land, so it was debt-funded um, and fully debt-funded. So absolutely, I mean, if you look at, um, you know, if you compare us maybe with our fellow South Africans who are non-white, who maybe acquired land, you know, where it's passed down to generations, we certainly don't come from that background. We was passed down to generations, so we had to uh, dig, dig in our pockets where there was absolutely nothing, then approach the bank. So it continues to be certainly a challenge um, to female farmers. The South African government is making efforts to, uh, you know, acquire land on behalf of aspiring farmers, but it it, it certainly is. Access to land is is difficult, especially access to land that is strategically positioned because your land has to have access to markets. Many uh, agricultural projects fail because land is not accessible to the market. So, you know, you, you get a piece of land, but when you want to move your crop or your product, it is very difficult. It comes from far uh, to take it to market, and then the, the project fails. So it was quite strategic for us, and we needed to find land that was uh, strategically positioned so that we know it's, um, it's got access to market. So it continues to be a challenge, and, you know, development banks do come in to, to help out. In our case, we did work with the development bank, um, but it does continue to be a challenge for aspiring female farmers. Well, very interesting conversation. Definitely there needs to be 
a real effort to move things forward. But thank you to our guests for giving us their time and getting us into the conversation that has been underway at the Women in Agribusiness Summit. Thank you to Yolisa Gumata. Good luck with your farm. Hopefully that things will actually strengthen, go to strength to strength. Uh, uh, Yolisa is the marketing executive at Company Estates. Thank you as well to Professor uh, Peter Ewang, who's a consultant, who was uh, speaking at the Women in Agribusiness Summit. And earlier on, we had Edna Kalima, the Program Officer of Gender, Climate Change, Agriculture Support at a NAPAD agency. 